Hey everyone, I'm Matt. Welcome to Alpine Moon Games, the podcast where I look at Magic the Gathering from a filthy casual point of view while sharing experiences that have come along the way of playing the game for six years. So starting off with this podcast, I'm hoping to upload one video a week that is strictly talking about Magic and another day where I'm talking about other games and hobbies that are out there and just other open for discussion topics. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter right now at Moon Alpine. Uh, and then once this uh, podcast really gets going, I'm hoping that you guys can message me on Twitter, uh, questions or anything you have like that, and I'll definitely discuss them here on the podcast. But I'm really looking forward to starting this podcast and sharing, uh, you know, magic-related stories as, uh, you know, along the way. Uh, so just today we're going to talk about how I got into the game, and specifically we're going to dive in and look at the Return to Ravnica block. So... Uh, Return to Ravnica block uh, was the block that was expanded from 2012-2013. And this is the first time they uh, returned to Ravnica. uh, Right now being the third time uh, Ravnica has been the plane. Uh, So starting off with the game, it just kind of happened. Uh, I was a sophomore in high school. Uh, One of my friends has been playing Magic Duels uh, on his Xbox 360 and one day just asked if we wanted to go down to our local card store, Smitty's Cards and Coins, by the way, uh, and pick up some and pick up some magic cards and just start playing. And my neighbors next door used to play magic a lot, and I used to watch, but I had no idea about the game or anything like that. I just knew the artwork was really cool, and I'm sure a lot of people uh, as well thought that. So we went down, and I didn't even know where to start. Um, I didn't even know what the story was with Return to Ravnica. I didn't know uh, what was good and what was bad. So when we got down there, they had all the Return to Ravnica intro pack rares and uh, intro packs, and on the front of those rares was Archon the Triumvirate, a nice five four for seven flyer that whenever it uh, attacks, you detain two uh, two target permanents. And then a uh, hypersonic dragon was flying a haste and gave your uh, sorcery spells as flash. And there was Carnival Hellsteed for Rakdos. That was a 5-4 first strike haste and had Unleash. And Corpse Jack Menace was for Golgari. That was a 4-4 for two and a green and a black. That if one or more plus one plus one counters would be placed on a permanent, uh, you put twice that many on. And then Grove of the Guardian was for Selesnia. Uh, which you can tap for a colorless, or you can pay three a green, a green and a white to tap uh, and tap two un uh, to tap two untapped creatures you control. Sacrifice Grove of the Guardian and get an eight eight uh, token with vigilance. Now I remember I remember starting off specifically uh, uh, looking at it, and I didn't like Grove of the Guardian from a standpoint that I didn't want my land or I didn't want my cool foil rare to be a land. So I, uh, unfortunately I didn't choose that, but I think looking back, my friends and I could probably agree that, and I'm sure a lot of people probably thought the same way that Selesnya definitely had the, uh, was probably one of the better guilds in Return to Ravnica in terms of, I think the populate mechanic was definitely kind of powerful, especially the, the games we played in. And then just to keep in mind when throughout this podcast, when I say my when I say like my friends made really good decks, it I mean in a way that it was good for our play group. Like I'm 
uh, I'm not, they're, they didn't make, you know, decks that you could take to a pro tour and compete with. I'm talking, they buy packs and make cards or and make decks with the cards they got out of packs over time and stuff like that. But I mean, being as that may, when one of my friends makes a deck that has, you know, three planeswalkers in it and stuff like that, I mean, they're going to be good for our play group. Uh, you know, pure kitchen table magic here. So when also when looking at uh, the Ravnica intro packs, my friend who has been playing, who wanted to get into it, he got first choice and he chose Hypersonic Dragon. And I thought, I, I kind of want Hypersonic Dragon too. I mean, a 4-4 Flying Dragon just sounds uh, just sounds great in the first place. And I mean, the foiling-wise too, it was, uh, it was pretty impressive just uh, from a newcomer standpoint. Um, I didn't like, and I still don't today. And, and this is just the, the casual side of me. So I, I didn't like unleash. I didn't, I didn't like the, I didn't think the, just giving it a plus one plus one counter was enough to, you know, it gave it the buff, but then it wasn't able to block. I didn't really find that to be beneficial a lot, just from my casual standpoint. Um, we tended to play very passive, um, my friend group and I, and me. And I think just not being able to block was very daunting. And then, especially with a card like Carnival Hellsteed, that was a 5-4 first strike haste. We didn't, we felt like the 5-4 already was good enough to not put the counter on it and have it, and then be able to, you know, late game, have possibly have a 5-4 first strike uh, to be able to block. Um, Archon the Triumvirate just, I thought was pretty good. 4-5 um, flying. Uh, detains to target non-land permanents too. So um, that's not just creatures. So that was pretty good. And then I, I ended up going with Corpse Jack Menace uh, with the Golgari. I thought, I liked green. Green's one of my favorite colors. And I just thought, I mean, the artwork was wild. Um, just a giant fungus. Um, so, I mean, again, I didn't know any of the mechanics. I didn't, other than, I mean, Detain was right on the card. Um but I mean, I I didn't know what Flash meant for Hypersonic Dragon, um, and again, I I just didn't think that having the front rare Grove of the Guardian, I just I wanted something exciting. So I didn't I didn't I ended up picking up the Selesnya Intro Pack down the road, and looking back, I mean it was I mean Selesnya is pretty good um, overall as a overall as a guild. Um, but anyways, we headed down after we picked up our intro packs. It was my friend and I, and then another friend who decided not to get into it because he thought it was, you know, it was nerdy and lame. Uh, we got back, and each intro pack came with two rares or two packs. And I opened up. I remember, and this was kind of like the thing. I I seem to have had the best luck among my friends in terms of. I mean, I also bought the most, so I mean, I guess that the odds were. Uh, the odds were definitely on my side, but I remember in my first pack I ever opened, I got Rakdos himself, Lord of the Riots, um, a six-six uh, flying trample. You can't cast him unless an opponent lost life this turn for, f and he costs four to uh, black and two red. And then spells, uh, creature spells you control cost one less to cast uh, for each one life your are. Uh, for each one life your opponents have lost a turn. So he was pretty good. I mean, obviously, I I, I chose I chose the Golgari intro. So I, I couldn't use him. And then I didn't even know back when we were starting out that, like, 
playing with three colors was doable per se. So I I had him and then you know, my friend and I, we got back to my house and we opened up, you know, we, we shuffled the decks and we played. And it's really funny to look back. I mean, we had it all wrong, uh, all wrong starting off on how to play. We thought, we thought when you played a guild gate, per se, per se, when, you know, when a guild gate enters tapped and you can tap for a, you can tap for, say, Golgari, you can tap for a black or a green and add one of those to your mana pool. We thought that meant... We thought that meant tap, search your library for a swamp or a, a forest, for example, and just put it onto the battlefield. So you can imagine, you know, you're trying to you're trying to get one of those in your opening hand because you're you'd be set. But so I mean we had it all wrong. And I think another one that we never another rule that we just I mean, this one took us a while to figure out. We thought blocking tapped your creature so games were very <laughs> i mean i don't even know how we even how the game would even end to be honest we i mean it was like oh my god like i want to attack next turn but like i don't want to it's like i don't want to it's like i don't want to block and tap my creature and then you know vice versa so um yeah that was a doozy i mean we felt pretty uh pretty dumb after uh after figuring that one out but i think i think uh starting out uh just talking about ravnica in general uh i think we started a i think my friend and i started playing at a good time um we really liked the whole uh clan affiliation that came with return to ravnica um I, we really liked the intro packs um the color combinations and the mechanics and then the whole big city feel that really that really appealed to me um i just thought it was pretty cool playing that was city and there was guilds that were fight uh uh you know among them and kind of had bad blood between them all so um i thought it was a good set to get started with and we started playing in january and i i want to say I want to say we started playing probably, honestly, probably two weeks before Gate Crash came out, and that was pretty wild because we didn't, like, oh my god, like a new set's coming out already. It's like we just started, but um, I would like to. I kind of want to go through um, some chain uh, game changer cards from my friends group standpoint that really, uh, and then I mean, just getting. Uh, I mean, I ended up making a casual deck for each guild. Um, at some point, um, not necessarily all had them at all at once, but, um, I did dabble with each guild and I, I definitely think that again, the best one I came up with was definitely Selesnia just because I was able to, in all the packs I bought, man, I managed to get three Armada Worms, uh, which is a five, five trample for two white, two green and two. And when it ends the battlefield, you get another 5-5 five, five green worm token with trample. So you're getting two 5-5s five with trample for six. So I had three of those in my deck. So, like, as you can imagine, that's in a intro pack type scenario that my friends and I are playing in. Um, it kind of wasn't fair. Uh, <laughs> you know? But uh, I'm just kind of going through... Uh, I thought, I mean, in terms of other powerful cards for 
Selesnia, you can, I mean, I'm just looking right now, growing ranks at the beginning of your upkeep, populate an enchantment for two and two hybrid white, two hybrid, uh, hybrid green. So, I mean, it was just, uh, they just had a lot of good stuff. And I, again, I definitely, I, I, I'd like to, and I thought every guild had good stuff and I'm not like, you know, I'm not saying that Rakdos and Azorius were trash because they weren't. I mean, Azorius had Sphinx's Revelation, which is just a phenomenal card. Um, but I don't know. I just, I think it started off early for me not liking blue-white just in terms of, I, I just didn't think it was very exciting. I mean, you had Golgari, which was like zombies and rising dead. You had... Uh, you had like the is it which was like wizards and mad scientists and stuff like that um selesnia was like big creatures and like and stuff like that and then you had like azorius which was just um you know like the law like the police of like the ravnica and like the government so you know i just it didn't really it didn't really speak to me per se um but again, I know, and I'm speaking from my casual standpoint here, because again, Sphinx's Revelation is great. Um, Divine Veridic is one of the better board wipes um, that you know I, I've seen anyways. Um, but again, I think between, I think like when I choosing, I liked Golgari, I liked uh, Selesnia. And then I did make an Izzet deck at one point, but at that by the time I made it, I was probably like a year after, so it was it was already in Theros block. So like I didn't really use it that much. But I still had Mizium Mortars in there. I still had um Nith Mizzet and all that. I played an epic experiment and stuff like that. So and I and I thought the uh I thought the uh overload ability was great. Um you know, you can change target to replacing target with each permanent so with Mizium mortars it was deal four damage to target creature but overload was each so you know it's kind of like a board wipe um per se another thing another thing that uh just starting off that um that i felt really dumb about and i'm i'm really glad that i never i never met like a serious magic player because my friends and i used to think that we we never understood why shocklands were rare um i think it was just like oh like it's like a guild gate does the same exact thing why is this rare you know it was yeah it wasn't a it, you know and then as you become more mature you realize that it counts for each land type and you have the ability to not have it enter tapped so but it was like starting off my friends and i'd be a little bit disappointed if we opened up a pack and our rare was a Shockland, not knowing, you know, the financial value of it, but that wasn't important back then. Trust me. Um, with how much I bought, how many packs I just opened the crack. Um, yeah, financial uh, financial value wasn't really on my mind per se. It was more just of collecting and starting to, um, you know, build up my collection because, I mean, well, I love playing the game and I want my decks. I want good dice. Part of me, it was, part of it was, um, 
you know, it was something new to collect. I was at the time, sophomore year of high school, my hockey card collecting days had been coming to an end. It was just a hobby that I've been doing since I was easily, I don't know, maybe fourth grade. And then, and it still made its way in all the way into high school. And, um, and it was just getting really, I mean, they were making it super premium, uh, you know, these hockey card products and all that. So, you know, it, it had, its, it had a good run, but I think with magic now, I mean, it was cool artwork. I mean, it was just fun. I mean, now I, I now I I saw the hype with it all with my neighbors watching them play, and all that. Um, but if we're gonna continue on in terms of just fun cards in Ravnica from a from a casual standpoint, um, my friends and I I remember getting a I remember getting an Angel of Serenity uh, in one of the packs. That is a five six flying angel for four and three white, so it's a five six flying for seven, but it basically it exiles three target creatures um, from the battlefield or graveyards until it le- uh, leaves the battlefield. And then usually like cards like this, they would just return to the battlefield. But with Angel of Serenity, it returns uh, to those players' hands. So it was just a bonkers card. And I threw that again. I just stacked every like on-color uh, mythic that I could into my Selesnya deck. Um just because, I mean, I just tried to make it broken as well. Um, also, my friends and I really, um, we really, uh, we liked a Chromatic Lantern, but who didn't, you know? Uh, it was a, uh, I mean, a lot of people know what Chromatic Lantern is. It's uh, lands you control have tapped to add one mana of any color to your mana pool. And, and, and then the Lantern itself can tap for one of any color. Just a great, great card. Um... So, I mean, at the time, that came in handy because when Dragon's Maze came out, the third set in the Return to Ravnica block, um, they had those those split cards. And they had, like, the the ones in the rare slot that it was, like, half for one guild's colors and half the others. I remember, I think Golgari's was, like, flesh and blood. I can't remember exactly what it did. But I ran that and one of my Golgari. It was Golgari on one side and Gruul on the other, but... I would do that, and then I had a rootbound crag from N13 that I threw in there as well. But splashing was very. Uh, we were my friends and I were very. We're very nervous to be adding three colors at the time to decks. We didn't really know that like Esper and Bant and Jun were a thing, per se. So, um, we thought more than two colors was just like whoa. Um, we that was just territory that. At the time, we just did not want to step into. Um, but going back, um, God, I just went off on a huge tangent there. But going back, so I opened up the Rakdos Lord of Rides in my first ever pack, but I didn't have, I, I didn't play it, and I was like, I was bummed about it. I mean, obviously, it was my first Mythic, and I couldn't play it. And he, I mean, he was pretty good. I didn't, I don't think he was the, I didn't think he was the best. Um, I think out of all like the guild leaders between Asperia and Niv Mizzet, uh. Uh, Gerard and Tristani, I definitely feel like he was, um, I wouldn't say the weakest because he still is good. I mean, he's still a 6-6 six, six flying and trample for four, but you get the idea. Um, I remember, so my one friend and I who got the intro packs, we played a few games and then the, my one friend and Tim, uh, I'm looking at you, if you're going to be listening, um, was like, 
you know, he wanted to get in on it. And keep in mind, this is January in Western New York. So we walked downtown because we didn't have cars. We were sophomores. And we walked downtown, which is, you know, a mile. I mean, by the time we get to the store, it's probably like a mile away. We walked in a blizzard to go back to the game store and have him choose a pack. And he ended up getting the Rakdos one. And I know what you're thinking. Oh, so, like, what did you do? Like, trade him Lactos Lord of Riots? Uh, I did not. Um, I, I remember he didn't get anything that was helpful to me in his packs. So I held on to it for a rainy day. So, anyways... For the next uh, for the next hour, all we did was sub in and out and play Magic. And I I mean, I thought, and obviously if you're new to the game now, they don't have like normal intro packs anymore. I mean, they have the Planeswalker decks, which I think are great. And they have these guild packs, um, which are pretty good too from the looks of it. I haven't bought any. Um, or I haven't bought any, but I mean, I just think, you know, you get a lot of good stuff in them, but, uh, it was just nice. I mean, the decks were, I mean, they weren't OP by any means. I think it was just a nice below average decks to go against each other. So, uh, and it came at a time we started playing. It came at a time. It was during midterm week of high school. So like, basically it was like the week off and it, it just, you know, it was like one of these things like the next day, like we woke up and played magic again for another you know, another, however long the day lasted. Um, but the real fun happened. It really got going the next weekend. Um, I remember my friend and I went back down to the local game store and like, and it, it was January and I had all this Christmas money. Cause I mean, what else? I mean, I'm a sophomore in high school and am I going to be using my money on? I went down and I think I bought, <laughs> I think I bought two packs from each set that was like available in my store at the time, so if like I remember correctly, I picked up two Gate Crash, two Return to Ravnica, two 2013 Core Set, two Dark Ascension, and two Avacyn Restored. Which looking back now, I'm really bummed, and we'll get to that in another episode. I'm really bummed that I just missed playing uh, the original Innistrad block. Uh, I think for a lot of reasons why, but that's another that's another subject we can touch on in a later episode. But yeah, essentially, I I think I probably bought like eight to 10 packs. Um, it was, yeah, it was wild. Um, and I, I can't remember. I remember I got a nice Herald of War from, from my Avacyn Restored pack. And I fell in love with Angels from then on. I didn't make anything with it because again, the only deck I had was the Golgari one. But the, I mean, the Herald of War was great. It was a 3-3 flyer for... I believe three and two white. And then when it attacked, uh, you put a plus one, plus one counter on it. And then for each plus one, plus one counter on it, uh, your humans cost one less to cast. So, I mean, that was pretty, it was, I really liked the synergy and stuff like that. And I ended up making a, and I ended up making, I kind of laid out the groundwork for a mono white deck that I have now. That's really good. But again, it's, it's really good in the sense that there's like five planeswalkers in it, just like five mythic angels and stuff like that. Again, this is not something a deck that I'd take to, um, you know, a modern, you know, FNM or something like that, but rather it just destroys all my other friends decks. If it, you know, if I have a good opening hand and 
you know, I'm able to live because it's life gain. There's like four different Gideons in it. There's like three Elspeths, different Elspeths in it. Um, there's, I'm, there's an Ajani in it. There's, it's just load. I'm pretty sure there's more mythics than really anything else in the deck. So, uh, I got a Herald of War and then it just, it was over from then on out. I, I totally understood why they called the game card or what a nickname for magic is cardboard crack because holy smokes, I think every weekend I was going down to my local card store and buying some form of a magic product and stuff like that. Uh, but yeah, that's just kind of the beginning um, in terms of how it started off. Um, I remember, I remember when Gate Crash came out. Uh, my friends and I went down, and I had to say this. And I really, I this is something I want. When we came out, I really wanted to start playing blue. And when we went down to the Gate Crash to get Gate Crash intro packs, my blue options were Demir and uh, Simic. And I was looking at the intro pack rares for those, and. I, looking back, I don't know what I was thinking because the uh, Fathom Mage was a 1-1 for two and a blue and a green, so four. It had Evolve, and whenever a counter was put on it, you draw a card, which is great. Um, But the rest of the Simic deck was just boring. Um, I thought it was just like common Evolve cards. There wasn't much going on for it. I think the other rare in that set was uh, Unexpected Results, which was shuffle your library and then reveal the top card. If it's a non-land, you may cast it without paying its mana cost. If it's a land, you put it onto the battlefield and return Unexpected Results to your hand. Yeah, I mean, that's fine. But starting off, I would have really liked that other rare to be a nice, like, fat creature. And then I could have chosen Demir. I didn't. And I could have chosen Consuming Aberration. But... Um, I didn't. And Consuming Aberration uh, is three, a blue and a black. And its power and toughness are equal to the number of cards in your opponent's graveyards. And then whenever you cast a spell, uh, your opponents reveal cards from the top of his or her library until he or she reveals a land card. And then you put that into the... And then they put those into the graveyard. Um, yeah, Everyone knows milling is not a viable option. But I mean, again, casual standpoint, it was a blast. Because I ended up making a Demir deck, and it wasn't good. But, I mean, I had Jace Memory Adept from M13, where his plus one was mill someone for 10. So, like, if I got that out, which it never usually resolved, um, it was just fun. I mean, I think I milled some one of my friends out once um, in my whole time with that Demir deck. But, yeah, my friend chose... My f- friend, the one whose idea was at the start magic, chose... Gruel or uh, Boros, and the the front uh, the the front rare for that was Foundry Champion, which I thought was pretty cool. It was a four four for four, a red and a white, and when it enters the battlefield, uh, deals damage to target creature equal to the number of creatures you control, and then you can pump him uh, for a red, and then you can give him plus zero plus one for a white. I thought that was pretty good, and. To be honest, I've never had uh my I've never my friends and I have never had a intro pack uh deck destroy us as well as that one did. I remember that was 
completely just unbeatable. I think the other rare in that one was Fireman Avenger, which was a 3-3 flyer for two and a white and a red. And had Battalion, so Battalion, I think, is when it attacks with two other creatures. It does this, and its Battalion was a Lightning Helix, basically on a stick, which it was like, oh my god. Um, first of all, there wasn't many flyers or something like or flyers to be able to handle that again from an intro pack. So, uh, I it just stomped us, and especially with that Foundry Champion. I mean, Fathom Age can only get so big when like, you know, the other biggest creature in your deck is like a four four. So I mean, you know, I know counters are getting placed on. And stuff like that, but it was really hard to stop those those fire mains and those sky knights or skylight legionnaires and stuff like that. But looking back on it, I, I think I probably should have chosen Orzov because Orzov um right now is currently my favorite guild. I love everything about it. I think it's great. Um I thought the X mechanic was just broken for among my friend group. Um and for those of you who don't know, X is whenever uh, if a creature had X stores, whenever you cast a spell, you may pay either a white or a black. And if you do, each opponent loses one and you gain one. Um, so that was that was pretty good. And a lot of creatures had X stores. So um, you can imagine how annoying that was. And then no one, one of my, no one ever chose Gruul. Um, it's interesting because Rubble Hulk was the intro pack rare for uh great uh gate crash and it's power and toughness equal to the number of lands you control and it had blood rush so you can pay a certain cost to discard it and give a creature plus x plus x until end of turn where x is the number of lands you control you're just discarding it to give his abilities to a creature already on the battlefield until end of the turn um no one chose that one but i remember my friend who called this nerdy but then got into it later chose the dragon's maze one and ruik thar <laughs> and ruik thar was the uh the rare that six six vigilance reach has to attack each turn and then whenever someone casts a non-creature spell takes six garbage yeah um he was annoying and there wasn't really much we could do against it. and yeah and and tim you actually did make a very good gruel deck out of that intro um of the intro pack, so kudos to you. We always hated playing against it. Um, but I remember fast forwarding along, I remember when I finally made the dive to purchase a fat pack, and and, and I will always call them a fat pack whenever they're now the bundle. But no, it's a fat pack. Those nine packs, the player's guide, and land to make a deck. And I don't know, I, I, I don't. I don't know. I mean, I've definitely had fat packs definitely as good, but it, I remember I got I got two Mythics, and I got an Aurelius Fury, and I remember at the time when Gay Crash came out, everyone was going bonkers about this card. Um, it's a white and a red and X where it deals X damage divided as you choose among any number of target creature or players, and then you tap each creature that's dealt damage this way. And players dealt damage this way. I uh, can't cast non-creature spells this turn. And I remember when this card came out, um, there was a lot of speculation that it was going to be like, whoa, like just like a bonkers card. But I, it, it kind of fizzled out. I, I you didn't really hear much about. it. I think it dropped. It dropped way down. Um, I guess it didn't see as much play as 
expected competitively. And then I got a Lord of the Void, which is just fun. Um, uh, so I was pleased with the two mythics, and I still have it to this day. But I ended up getting a foil godless shrine, and I didn't appreciate it as much as I should have. I still have it, and it's in pretty relatively good condition. But again, like I said, I didn't think Shocklands were any more special than a Guildgate. So, but at the time, I, I made my money back on that fat pack. It's not something I thought about because it's just the way it is. But yeah, I definitely, it was a, definitely a good first gay crash. And I just, I consider it, I just think the player's guide um, uh, was definitely worth the fat pack in general. I mean, if, even if I got a garbage fat pack and that'll be another episode just kind of going over fat packs uh, results and stuff like that. Um, I just think looking back, the player's guide was definitely worth the, at the time, I, I can't remember, was it $35 for a fat pack? So um, it was a pretty exciting overall uh, fat pack. And then just from the fat pack alone, I was able to make the groundwork for the groundwork for a Orzhov deck, a Boros deck, and um, and Demir. Um, I think I put Lord of the Void in my Demir deck originally, so um, that kind of helped. But yeah, that was started the basis of my Orzhov deck, which it's not good anymore, but man, there was a lot of good cards in it and stuff like that. So that's kind of how I started off, um, you know, Magic. Um, again, nothing too serious competitively. My local game store, when we started playing, didn't do much. Because it was like a game, it had cards, but its number one focus was on like coins and like stuff like that, like coin collecting. They, I mean, they had a great selection of Magic, Pokemon, and like Yu-Gi-Oh! and stuff like that, but they never... They didn't have FNM. I, they did pre-releases, but they always had They had such weird hours. Um, it'd be like one of these things, like there'd be like a pre-release at like two o'clock on a Friday. So like, you know, it was just interesting. And then when they finally started doing like Friday Night Magic, it was modern only. They did like a modern format, which it's like, it's great that they're doing that, but like that's not something my friends and I could even think about doing. Because, um, I mean, we didn't even know what Tarmogoyf was at the time or a blood moon so god forbid uh we just showed up with like you know an intro pack deck and tried to play modern i mean ugh, i just can't even i can't even fathom the results um but i think you know next episode i'll kind of dive into uh I'll kind of dive into dragon's maze and how my friends and i received that as if anyone you know if anyone you know who's been playing knows about dragon's maze you'll kind of get the idea of what that episode's kind of kind of be about and stuff like that but um overall uh it in short um it wasn't the best we were basically we were disappointed but yeah guys uh i think we're gonna wrap it up here i just want to say thanks for listening to the first episode of alpine moon Again, uh, if you want to follow on Twitter at Moon Alpine, uh, give a follow. And then once, like, you know, I start ironing some things out, uh, you can just start sending me stuff on Twitter uh, about potential topics and videos, like I said, or a podcast. And then, like I said, one day a week will be like discussions kind of like this. And then 
I think another day I'll like uh, be just open for discussion. It could be more magic stuff if people have questions. I mean, I'll do my best. I'm not like a hardcore video gamer per se, but if there's any questions like that, I can definitely, you know, we'll make a discussion out of it for sure. Um, but yeah, guys, uh, thanks for listening and we'll see you again next time.